This is Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys. In case you didn't hear, over 80,000 people gathered at Habima Square in Tel Aviv Saturday night to protest what they're calling the Judicial Revolution. This revolution, the protesters assert, which is being carried out by Prime Minister Netanyahu, or Crime Minister Netanyahu, and his right-wing coalition partners is a threat to our very democracy. The reform, proposed by brand new Justice Minister Yariv Levine, plans to grant the coalition the power to appoint judges and enable them to override the Supreme Court along with other legislative changes. These are hotly debated issues here in Israel. Many people see them as either a breath of fresh air for democracy or a strike of death. Today, we're going to break down the Israeli judicial system and the proposed reforms, and we have just the guy to help us out. Professor Moshe Koppel, the founder of the Kohelet Policy Forum, a think tank dedicated to Israel's, to quote, Israel's future as the nation state of the Jewish people, to strengthen representative democracy and to broaden individual liberty and free market principles in Israel. Professor Koppel is also, happens to be, uh, sometimes a computer scientist. So we might also discuss how ChatGPT could help us, I don't know, write a, the Israeli constitution or or uh, or punctuate uh, biblical texts. Um, we are super thrilled to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Delighted to be here. So uh, how do we uh, start? How, how as Noah mentioned in the, when you walked in, how, how, uh, how does it feel to be the most hated person in Israel right now? Uh, there's got to be a couple of rapists out there who are more than me. Come on, guys. I mean, uh, maybe the top 10. Can we? You know? <laughs> okay, fine. Seven. We'll give you number seven. Number seven. How does it list. feel to be number seven most hated person? It doesn't feel that fantastic, actually. I would, I, I would, I would rather that everybody go, wow, that's really good stuff. Thanks. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for coming up with that. It really looks good to us. Uh, yeah, well, didn't, it didn't do happen. You, do you actually feel it though? Is it, yeah, is it? I, I do. I do. Not terribly. I mean, it's not. Look, uh, the honest truth is, if I kind of had doubts whether I was doing the right thing, if I thought maybe this was like really just a bad idea, then I'd, yeah, then maybe I'd say, all right, yeah, maybe they're right, maybe I'm wrong. But, but I'm, I've been working on this for twenty years. I've been following the Israeli judicial system for all that time. Been watching all their excesses, all the stuff that they do, and I, you know, and I know I'm right. Okay, and I read, I read the stuff they're writing about, and I go, no, that's not in the law. That's not in the law. None of the stuff that you're talking about is in the law. There's not a single thing in this law, in this whole reform, which is a bunch of laws, that to me seems like it would be a threat to Israeli democracy, a threat to individual liberty, a threat to minorities. Um, I'll, I'll tell you honestly right up front, I'm, you know, I kind of identify as libertarian. I'm very much... Uh, um, a free market person, individual liberties person. I don't like the government uh, telling you what to do, even though, uh, you know, you see I'm wearing a kippah in my head, but I am not in favor of religious coercion in any form whatsoever. So uh, I certainly wouldn't be involved in a reform that I thought would in any way be a threat to anybody's liberty. Yeah. It's not. So, but it seems like on Twitter, at least, the left, uh, you know, when people... There's a lot of economic debates on Twitter, on Israeli Hebrew Twitter, and it seems that always when right-wing um, people with agenda, with right-wing capitalist libertarian agenda write something, the leftists go, oh, you're with Forum Kohelet, <laughs> right? That's, that's like saying you're racist, basically. That ends the debate. They don't want to have anything to do with you if you were somehow, because there are researchers, right, who work at Forum Kohelet, many of them are very, very prominent on Twitter. Um, and so it seems that, I think that the reason maybe you don't, you don't get as much hate is because you you somehow made it that the, 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 um, the brand is Forum Kohelet, right? You didn't make the brand of, of yourself. Oh, Although you it, it, are the founding father. Of right. It, 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 it's, it's more than that. I mean, I, I deliberately try to stay out of the spotlight. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, you know, this is 
the fact that I'm sitting here with you guys is just because I like you so much. But, oh, thank but, you. But honestly, honestly I, really, I really do try to stay out of the spotlight. But the other reason I don't feel the hatred so much is that I stay off Twitter. Mm-hmm. That's smart. Really? <laughs> wow. Yeah, wow. I'm totally No modern. Twitter account. I, I actually or have did an account, Elon Musk it, kick you off or no no I was never I I, I mean I, I I signed up but uh, you know just so that it, you know if somebody sends me something I can I can look Get at it, it. but but I, I never actually I've, I've never posted anything on Twitter and I and I, I rarely read it so what what is it if you try to relate to the left what is it that scares them so much about this organization the Kohelet uh, yeah I, I don't want to I don't want to speak for the left I'd rather speak for Kohelet and why I do what I do I mean you should you should ask the guys on the left why they hate us so much uh, most of the stuff I see that they write about us that we're that we're against you know we hate poor people we're against democracy <laughs> we're uh, you know you want a religious state oh, oh, oh yeah right really. we're professor, in favor of a theocracy right yeah, yeah professor Mermoav, one of the most uh, famous right-wing uh, economists in Israel, wrote a post today, I think, or yesterday, think yesterday uh, yeah. bashing your organization, saying you were striving for a religious state. Yeah, I don't know where he got that from. That's pretty weird stuff. Uh, he should know better. But um, he, I mean, he knows the head of my economics department, right? Uh, Michal Sorel, they know each other. Yes. He, know, he knows he doesn't look to me like a guy who's pushing for theocracy. And uh, I certainly never have. So I'm not sure where that came from. Um, weird stuff. What can I say? So what is it that you promote? Okay, so, so let me tell you. We, we, there are three things. You, you actually read it in the introduction, but, but uh, I'll, I'll repeat them. Uh, our main three issues are, first of all, we're good Zionists. Um, we want Israel to be the nation state of the Jewish people, whatever that means. We've tried to define that in some way, basically in the nation state law, um, which, by the way, has nothing theocratic in it. And, you know, the nation state law, which people argue about all the time and claim it does all kinds of awful things, uh, it's only uh, less than a page long. Anybody could actually just read it and see. It doesn't mention religion. It doesn't mention the rabbinate. It doesn't mention anything about anybody's individual rights. So I think it's a more or less reasonable statement of what it means for a, 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 you know, Israel to be a Jewish nation state. So that's one thing we're in favor of. Uh, another one is free market economics and individual liberty in general. Mm-hmm. And the third one is uh, what we call Mishilut, which is, you know, uh, uh, kind of an elegant way of saying that we think that the uh, balance of powers between the branches of government uh, needs to be redone. And in particular, uh, we think that the judicial branch has too much power. Okay. So this, this whole recent debacle kind of smacked you guys right in the face. Uh, no, we k- kind of uh, were involved in creating the debacle i mean to yeah. be exact it's not you know we uh we have been pushing for when we i founded kohelet like 10 and a half years ago we've been pushing for judicial reform since since day one uh the you know the blowback yeah has been yeah. has been interesting to deal with but um but you know we've been dealing with this stuff for a very very long time by lobbying or how no do no you go about no it? no We're, by doing research and looking what other countries do um figuring out what are the main issues here that need to be dealt with writing up proposals for reform and then you know uh quietly talking to uh to people you know to politicians uh Uh, ministers, Chavre uh, Knesset, uh, bureaucrats who are, you know, in a position to be making decisions. We've been talking to them for many, many years. What you're seeing now, this, this proposal is the result of, of, of a decade of work behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So, and as I understand it, Yariv Levine was kind of the man, right? The man of the hour. Like he has been a proponent of this reform. The Minister for of Justice. The new Minister of Justice has been a proponent of this reform for a very, very long time. And when Bibi made him Minister of Justice, it was kind of a very clear signal that he meant Correct. business. Uh, Yariv, Yariv um, has been uh, on top of this situation since before Kohelet was, was even formed. Um, we were formed in, in 2012. Yariv has been in the Knesset since 2009. And this has really been his, his pet project yeah, ever since then. In his inauguration speech, yes, uh, he exactly. talked about it. He did. So, so Yariv has always been, has been big on this issue. We didn't have to convince him. Uh, he was already convinced. But um, we have been working on very concrete proposals. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, let's talk, let's get a, a bit into the nitty gritty. Can you tell us what the uh, 
maybe let's just start from the reform. What what the reform? Right. If it ain't broken, why fix it? Yeah, right. Exactly. It's all perfect. So so uh, let, let let's do it this way. First, I'll just tell you uh, you know tell your listeners what's in the reform, mm -hmm. and very briefly, and then maybe we can we can cover some of the history of you know the relationship between the courts and and the other branches of government uh, in order to see why such a reform was necessary. Okay, so, so roughly speaking, the reform deals, first of all, with how the court can strike down laws, rule them unconstitutional. So uh, they've been doing this since 1995. Uh, they never really had authority to do it, but one can possibly read it into uh, to some of the basic laws. Uh, the basic laws say that, you know, no ordinary statute shall be inconsistent with, uh, with this basic law. So they read into that 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 means that if some statute is, by their interpretation, inconsistent with the basic law, then they could actually strike it down. I mean, others would say, well, no, it didn't say you could strike it down. It just says that laws shouldn't be inconsistent. But uh, that doesn't mean that you get to strike them down. But in any event, since 95, they've, they've uh, taken that authority for themselves. And the idea here was that uh, one major part of the reform would be to say, what are the circumstances under which they could actually do that? So... The idea was to, first of all, recognize their authority to do that. There was no law that ever said the court could strike down laws or, or how they should do it. And, and the reform proposes that in Chokisod Hashvita, which is a basic, basic law judiciary or something like that, um, that they would add a paragraph that says the judges can strike down laws. However, First of all, it has to be the full bench. That is, there were 15 justices on the Supreme Court. Um, usually only three of them would sit on any particular case. And the idea was, uh, you know, we would say, no, all 15 of them have to sit. And you need a special majority uh, in order to strike down a law. So that was, that was one, of the, you know, one of the things. Of how many? Well, uh, in Yeru's proposal, it's 12. You know, but I, I, I always say if you put a number into a law, that's an opening for negotiation, right? So, but uh, I, I would not advise them to go too far below that. But, uh, but in any event, the number that the law says right now is you need 12 out of 15. Um, it also says that if the court strikes down a law that uh, under certain circumstances, the Knesset could override, mm -hmm. right? Say, well, you know, yeah, we understand that your reading of the law is that it's inconsistent. But we think that the, that the law is, in fact, consistent with the basic laws, and therefore you can't strike it down. It also says something which should be obvious and shouldn't have to be written, and it's embarrassing that it is written, that the courts can't strike down basic laws. Now, j just understand why um, it's embarrassing that it should say such a thing. Um, uh, the court, basically, when they said we can strike down ordinary legislation if it's inconsistent with basic laws, was saying, look, the basic laws are our constitution, right? They said we want to give them constitutional status. Mm -hmm. So once you've given them constitutional status, the idea that you could come and say, uh, well, okay, even though that's a uh, clause in the constitution, but we think it's unconstitutional, right? You can imagine mm -hmm. in the United States if somebody ever said that there was a clause in the constitution that was unconstitutional, that they would be laughed out of town, right? That's just an absurd idea. In any event, since in Israel, the judges disagree with that. And after having turned it into constitutional legislation, they, they said, and now we're going to rule on whether or not it's constitutional. They haven't yet struck down a basic law, but they, they have heard cases about striking down a basic law. And they said, look, we have the authority to do it. We just didn't do it, but mm -hmm. but we can if we want to. For example, like which law do they consider? Uh, the nation state law. There, there were there were a bunch of petitions against the nation state law, which is obviously a basic law, and and they sat on it and they said, yeah, we have the authority to strike it down. We don't think it was bad enough to strike it down, so we're not. But but we could have. We could have. Yeah, we could have. So so that's that. All that is is uh, you know a fundamental part of the reform. Then there's the this reasonableness. Thing okay, so uh, so hard to explain. Uh, yeah, uh, so let me let me explain it. Okay, the okay. I, the idea is that um, sometimes right, the court has now we're talking about not striking down a law, but a government action, right? So you know, there's a lot. There's the sanitation department in Afula that you know decided that their new policy is going to be that they're you know they're only going to pick up the garbage from odd numbered houses. I you know whatever, right? So the uh, the court uh, can strike down such a thing, say, no, you can't do that, right? They can, um, they can overrule it in a number of different ways. There's a lot of criteria by which you could do it. One is you could say, look, it's prejudicial. It's, you know, you're not treating everybody equally or it violates somebody's rights 
or you know the department that made that rule didn't have the authority to make such a decision such decisions are supposed to be made by some other department right there, there are lots of reasons why you could strike down uh, uh, some government action an action of, a, of an agency of the government um, but one of the reasons that the court likes to use when none of the other reasons work is they say well it's just kind of unreasonable to do that right <laughs> now Remember, you only, you only, that's a last resort to say it's unreasonable, mm -hmm. right? You, first of all, you have, you know, you, you have all these other options. You could say it's, it's against the basic law. You could say that it's, it's prejudicial, it's unfair, it's unequal, it's blah, blah, blah. You, you could say you didn't have the authority, right? No, but it's only if you passed all those tests, right? And none of those apply. Uh, then, then the court just jumps in and says, not reasonable, right? So when do, when do they use this mostly? It's very hard to counter, get, come up with a counter argument. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, you know, go argue with somebody who says that you know it's unreasonable. Now, the way they, the, the where the, the counter is, uh huh, uh huh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so when do when do they, you know, when do they actually end up with this last resort? So, I, I, the two most famous examples, right, are one of them is like the government appoints somebody, right? So the government, you know. Um, appointed, you know, so-and-so to be the, the chief of staff, to be Ramat Khal, right? And in, in fact, this came up in the case of, of uh, Gallant, right, who was now just appointed to be the defense minister, but at one point he was actually uh, appointed to be the chief almost. of staff of the army, almost. And, um, and it turned out that, you know, they were investigating him because he, he lives in a moshav and he built, uh, you know, he extended his house or something. And, and he annexed... Huge so, parts, so allegedly, he, right, of land illegally. Of land that wasn't that wasn't his. Okay, you know what? Whatever, right? Now, there, there's no law that says that, you know, a guy that did something like disgusting, you know, like can't be the defense minister, okay? Mm -hmm. I mean, and, you know, one could actually debate how disgusting it was. I mean, I, I think it was probably just some no, no man's land that happened to be adjacent to his house, and he put, you know, some fences around it. Whatever, it doesn't matter. No need to defend, you know, defend the action itself. The point is, uh, they want to appoint him to be defense minister, and uh, and the attorney to be general, uh, chief of staff to be excuse me to be chief of staff, right? And the and the attorney general says, well, you can't. So, well, why not? You know, the law is pretty clear that unless somebody's been convicted of an offense and he's actually exhausted all his appeals, then he can serve in the position, right? And, and, and he had not been convicted at all. He hadn't had his day in court. You know, nothing had actually happened. And, uh, and so the attorney general says, well, it's just not reasonable, right? So the first question you should be asking me is, well, who cares if it's, you know, what the attorney general says? The attorney general is just, you know, some bureaucrat. Like, why do we even care? Yeah. Right? And his uh, Hebrew name is the uh judicial advisor right. to the government advisor right. he should be advising he not, should be he should yeah. be advising yeah so so anyway the point is that 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 uh but the answer to the question of why do we care is okay the answer is that because the judiciary cares the court cares the court decided that the attorney general is the government's boss and what he says goes and they have to abide by all of his decisions mm -hmm. even if his decisions i mean basically his only his only claim to expertise is that he he knows the law right now the fact of the matter is you know sometimes uh, there are politicians who are much better lawyers than the attorney general is right i mean if you want to compare yariv levine uh, you know who's the justice minister who's a very uh, you know uh, a very established uh, legal expert to the current attorney general. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to cast aspersions here on anybody. We don't want to, but, but I don't know how many people would tell you that, you know, Gali Baharab Miara is, is a better lawyer than Yariv Lafine. But nevertheless, okay, her job is to be the government's legal advisor. So she says, you know, that this is her. But the, 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 the point is that even if the legal opinion actually makes no sense, even if you say to the attorney general, okay, I get it, but can you show me in law like how you came to this, this judgment? They don't, have to, they don't have to tell you. You just have to listen to them. Yeah. Okay. So, and another instance was the, with the illegal immigrants. Right. Okay. We'll get, we'll get to that. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's, let's not cover we're, we're, This is a parenthesis inside a parenthesis. Okay. We're, we're, we're driving people crazy. Okay. So let's, maybe let's back out a little bit and get, and get to where... Yeah, we're talking about reasonableness, right? So they use reasonableness uh, as a last resort when they want to get rid of, uh, you know, some appointment that they don't like, or another another one that they, you know, they, they, they go, the court decided 
that um, a government that, you know, when we're towards elections, right, so you're in a transitional government, well, they can't make long-term decisions that are going to tie down, tie the hands of future governments, mm -hmm. right? Now, most people in the Unless country... Unless it's a leftist government. Yeah, well, okay, as we'll, as we'll see momentarily, right? So most people in the country think that... Um, that there's some law that says that the government is somehow limited, you know, you know, once they announce elections. And but the answer that that is actually completely untrue. Mm -hmm. The law, according to law, a transitional government and an ordinary government are exactly the same. There's no distinction between them. There's no such concept as a transition government. Okay, mm -hmm. it just doesn't exist. The uh, thinking, the thinking is, is that once you can get 61 people to vote on the law, then you have a yeah, you have consensus. And okay, you can so, pass the legislation. No, well, right? well, it, yeah, that's if you legislate. But I'm talking about, I'm talking no, about I'm government the, actions that don't require legislation. Ah, okay. okay. So not every government action requires legislation. Okay. So, um, but the court decided way back when that no, you can't do stuff that has long-term effects. When did they decide this? If you recall, it was in the '90s. BB wanted to close the Orient House, which was the the PLO's headquarters in Jerusalem. We were eight years old. Okay, so you may have not been following the headlines that carefully, if would but close Pokemon <laughs> yeah. would be more relevant, right. maybe. <laughs> Ban Pokemon or something. Right, yeah. So That you, would be unreasonable, by the way. You, that would. <laughs> but you, you you might you might you might have missed this headline. Okay. I'll I'll concede the point. But in any event, that was the source. So the court said, No, BB, you can't do it. It's just not it's not reasonable. It's not reasonable uh -huh. to do that, right? Um, now, the question is, okay, what is reasonable and what isn't reasonable? You know, every once in a while, they decide that it's reasonable to do stuff, even during a transition government, right? So b back in those days also, the, the, um, the uh, committee that appoints judges, we'll have a lot to say about this, the committee that appoints judges um, would meet periodically and appoint new judges as necessary. And um, Dorit Banish, who eventually became the Chief Justice of, of the Supreme Court and uh, is very closely allied with, uh, with Aaron Barak, the, mm -hmm. uh, right, the high priest of, of, uh, of judicial activism, mm -hmm. she was appointed to the court. People don't know this, but it was in the period between uh, the murder of Yitzhak Rabin and the formation of the next government. It was actually mm -hmm. a uh, transitional government that she was appointed in. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... It seems that it was okay for the committee that appoints judges to meet during a transitional government and even to actually appoint a Supreme Court justice who they knew at the time would ultimately become the chief justice of the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. um, why, why even go f so far back? I mean, Lapid just signed, right? Signed yeah, we're, we're getting there, man. Okay. This, this is the buildup. <laughs> Don't give him a buildup. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> so uh, I thought you were just going to give us one example, but <laughs> no. So then, no. So the, then, uh, you know, a couple of years later, uh, Ruth Gavison was a candidate to be on the Supreme Court. Uh, uh, Livni was the justice minister at the time, and she wanted to move uh, um, Gavison's candidacy ahead. Aaron Barak did not like Ruth Gavison very much, okay? I should now say the late Ruth Gavison, uh, and uh, he didn't like her too much because the way he put it, he said, he said, Ruthie has an agenda, okay? And she had cooler hair, too. She did have cooler hair than Barak, yeah, there's no question. But, but she also had an agenda, but, yeah. but it turns out that an agenda only matters if it's not Aaron Barak's agenda, right? You're, you're allowed to have that agenda. You just can't have Ruth Gavison's agenda, who was against judicial activism. Mm -hmm. And he made it very clear that he didn't want her to be sitting in, in the court. And uh, the committee was supposed to get, you know, uh, sit and, and make an appointment. And then it was decided that uh, there wasn't actually a court decision, but but they, they said, hey, it's a transition government. You know, it's just not, you know, it. it it, you know, it wouldn't even, occur, wouldn't even occur to us, right, that, 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 mm -hmm. that you know, the committee could sit during that such a time. Mm -hmm. So that's how, they, that's how they killed her candidacy. Uh, but, but the most outrageous example of, of where, you know, the court just is completely arbitrary in what they allow and don't allow and what's reasonable and not is, is that Yair Lapid uh, made a deal essentially with, with Hezbollah uh, that he was going to give uh, Lebanon... Um, Israel's territorial waters, a, a big chunk of territorial waters. And um, it was a very controversial thing. It, it was it was Kohelet's opinion that uh, that by law, they even had to have a referendum before they could do it. Uh, they decided that they were going to make this deal even without a Knesset vote, right? They didn't even put it to a Knesset vote. Do you know when they did this deal? It wasn't just during a transition government. They did it literally 
five days before the election, right? They could have just waited till the new government came in and let them decide whether they like it or not, but they yeah. didn't. Okay, so they said, yeah, it's, a, it's an emergency, it's a defense emergency, security, it's a security matter. Uh, you know, that, that's a magic word here. You know, you say security matter, everybody says, oh, oh, yeah, okay, fine. They also did it illegally yeah. because according to the law, they should have held a... A referendum. A referendum. Yeah, that, that, that was our opinion, but we actually, we petitioned the court on this thing. Uh, it, it's always embarrassing for us when we go petition the court because we're against judicial activism. And, and you know, in this way, we're actually inviting judicial activism. Mm -hmm. But we thought in this case, uh, since there's an actual law that says that there should be a referendum, that the court would back us up and that wouldn't be outrageously active. That would just be enforcing uh, the law. But they didn't. They said, nah. You're you know, unreasonable. You don't, yeah, you, you don't need it's a referendum in this crazy. case. And I think the, the thing... Uh, that people are not aware is how much of our system, wherever every stone you turn, you find traditions instead of laws. Yes. The entire system is built on traditions, nothing right. engraved. That's, That's right. crazy. The court has even invented a concept called a minhag chukati, right? A constitutional tradition where it says this, yeah, this actually, there's no such law, but an ordinary statute cannot actually contradict something that is not only not a basic law, right? It's, it's, it's not, even not a, law. a law, right? But, but it's, a, it's a constitutional tradition. They actually raised the possibility. In the end, they didn't use it. But you can, you can find the idea of minhag chukati mentioned, right, of a constitutional tradition mentioned in, in a yeah. number of court cases. But also, the uh, general prosecutor's entire role, his entire, um, you know, uh, tool of, of, of everything he can do, his powers, his might, it all derives from traditions, from, and from, uh, like, from past uh, verdicts of the court instead of right. a law. Precedent, yeah. Yeah, precedent. Right, so the court bases its, uh, its decisions on earlier decisions that it made, right? So yeah. once, once Barack did something, you know, outrageous in the 90s, you know, 25 years later, everyone, well, it's perfectly yeah, obvious. It I mean, they just, yeah, right. Barack, by the way, had this trick that he used to do where he would, he would put some, some, you know, very activist idea into some long, you know, 300-page decision that he wrote mm -hmm. uh, where it wasn't relevant in particular to the case. It didn't affect the outcome of the case, but he just, you know, kind of dropped a principle in there that, you know, the court can do something or other. And then in some other case where that principal was now, you know, he was going to pull out the joker, right? He would say, right? As I have written previously, and, you know, by then it's already, you know, it's a, it's a well-established <laughs> matter, you know, like, uh, right? Yeah. He, that was one of, that was part of his bag of tricks. Freaking he loved, he loved Leor Souchard. Right, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So anyway, we're inside these, this crazy uh, um, morass of tangents over here because, all I was doing was talking about the reforms. Yes. And so but you far, were talking about reasonableness. Is, right. there, is there anything beyond right. that? Is, oh, are yeah, there's those more. The, no, okay. no, there's more. Okay. There's more. There's more. So, so uh, the next thing, the next thing is, uh, I, but I want to come back to reasonableness because of, of all the reasonableness tricks that they've done, we didn't even get to the most insane one. Okay. There's, there's, it's, uh, <laughs> remind me, remind me to get back to this one. We just say... Say the magic word, Amir Ohana, okay, and, and, and yeah, okay. that'll trigger me, that'll trigger me, okay, but just don't say it too soon, because then it'll just get carried away. So, so um, the next thing... Briefly, the next ones, so that yeah, we, the, yeah, yeah, so that yeah. We, can, we can dig in. Okay, so briefly, the next ones are, first of all, how do we appoint Supreme Court justices? You know, uh, uh, right now, there's a committee, uh, there's a committee of, of nine people, three of them are sitting justices, you need to have seven in order to appoint somebody, which means that since the judges all illegally, by the way, uh, collude and, and decide who they're going to support and who they're not going to support, it means that they have a veto, right? Because without them, there's only six. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, the, the reform, you know, changes the, the committee. It's still a committee. There's still three judges on the committee, but the, the justice minister gets to appoint two additional people to the committee. And um, instead of the two guys from the Bar Association, uh, most people in the world are going to go, the Bar Association? You got two jokers from the Bar Association appointed judges? That is true. The, yes, we do. He was going to replace them with one Khaver Knesset, one member of the Knesset, and, and one minister, right? That's, so that's that. And then the last... The, but, but as part of that, yeah. there's, there's two questions I have there. One is, 
the the three the like the judges having veto power i mean technically up until now haven't the the non-judge members have veto power as well like couldn't they have said no 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 until they got in a candidate that they wanted okay which brings to the second question which is about that time does that exist is yeah. there anything in the reform about it doesn't it doesn't talk about it because it okay. it, it, it it's it some exist. shadow organization right that doesn't exist nobody knows so, what you're talking about okay uh, the committee of two let, okay, let's go so. back to it because you know we'll, we'll go back to the committee of two which is another insane thing but 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 the point is the, the the makeup of the committee is being changed and the number of votes that you need in order to get somebody in is also being changed mm -hmm. that so that's one thing yeah, you're gonna let politicians pick judges basically ba basically yeah Okay. The interesting thing, by the way, I'm sorry for this. For a, I got I to do it. I got to do it. We're going to get back to it. Okay. The, here's a crazy thing, okay? Um, everybody assumes, right? They say, um, you know, you're letting these right-wingers pick the judges, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody kind of assumes that the coalition is always going to be right-wing, yeah, okay? The yeah, left-wing yeah. basically is thinking like that, right? And and they also always just assume that the judges are going to save them, right? That the judges are all, are all you know, uh, lefties, right? So this is kind of like the, the, the uh, assumption, you know, all, the whole conversation that we have is let's just assume that the judges are lefties and, and let's assume also, that the politicians are all on the right. They also you know? ignore the fact that after a judge is being appointed, he has zero obligations. Exactly. Like exactly. he is completely independent. Correct. All right. So, we'll get back to this, but let's, yeah, as okay. I, I, I couldn't resist saying okay, that, but let's yes. get back. The final thing in the reform is what is the role of the attorney general? So it actually, the, this law, which is not in, in, in the Chokisoda uh, Hashvita, uh, right in, in the basic law, but rather is uh, somewhere else. It's going through a different committee. It's going through Simcha Rotman's committee, right? The Vadat Chukachokumishpat, the uh, the law committee. It's it's uh, it doesn't actually mention the attorney general. It just says that something that is also almost too embarrassing to even have to say. It says that if the government the government. We're talking about the government. The, right, this is the, the highest power in the land. This is the sovereign, right? Is the if the government makes a decision that uh, something should be done, and in its opinion it is legal, then it is legal until the court says otherwise, regardless of any legal advice it might get from any body. You know, without even saying like wink, 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 wink. That's right. written in the law. It, 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 <laughs> wink, wink. wink. I mean, basically, the law says, you know, we are delighted to get advice from the Yoetz Mishpati, but he is, after all, a Yoetz Mishpati. He is a legal advisor, and therefore, he should give us advice. We will take it seriously. We'll think about it, and then we'll decide if we agree with it or we don't agree with it. And then we're going to do what we do. We'll put it in our complaints bin, which looks right. awfully like a trash can. Right uh, now, 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 the, the crazy thing is. I mean, that's just so obvious to everybody everywhere. Yeah, you know, your legal advisor is not your boss, right? Mm -hmm. The le It's not as if, like, the president of the United States, you know, sits there and, and he, you know, signs some bill and his legal advisor kind of sidles over and whispers in his ear, uh, what you just did is illegal, it's null and void. I declare it null and void, you know? This just doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah. So It's ridiculous. As Simcha so, Rotman pointed out in one of yeah. the interviews is that, is that your, your lawyer is meant to, to show you the way as right. to how to achieve your, your objective, meaning in a legal way. He's supposed to help you get it. He's not supposed to tell you, you know, you can't do that. Right, exactly. So, so now, now we've got the whole thing. So there's, there's, there's the main parts, striking down a law. There's some limitations on striking down a law, when and how. There's reasonableness. There's limitations on when the court can use that joker, okay? There, there's how we appoint judges, and there's the powers of the attorney general. Those are the four parts so of the reform. So it's like a chess game you're playing, all, all the pro-change uh, campaign. Um, and you have all the pieces on the board almost perfect but they still have the queen yeah okay and and it seems you open the gates of hell yeah and we are uh on the brink of a total mutual destruction like i i don't know because i feel um look nobody in history with such immense power ever gives away the power just like that right you and why should they they have 
some bullets in their uh, metaphorical chambers, and they can uh, they can hurt. Uh, yeah, people. They can. Yeah, uh, they they uh, they 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 have still have the, the power. They have a lot of power. Yes, when you when you run the judicial system, you have a ton of power, right? Uh, so they could do what they've done in the past, which is any time uh, there's a justice minister who looks like he might be doing something that they don't like, they find a reason to indict him or at the very least investigate him, right? So, uh, you know, they did this to Chaim Ramon and they did this to Yaakov Neiman. And in the case of Mayor Shitrit, they didn't actually indict him, but they opened an investigation, mm-hmm. right? And and they did it to Sharon and they did it to Bibi and, the, you know... Uh, uh, and, and they did it to Olmert. They did it to Olmert. Professor uh, Daniel Friedman. Daniel Friedman, right. who was a big advocate for. Yeah, exactly. And some conspiracy theories say that that's maybe one of the reasons. Not that Olmert wasn't corrupt. He obviously was corrupt. Right. That's not the point. The right. point is how do you, like, assuming statistically many of them are corrupt. Yeah. Some get investigated and some don't. So how do right. they pick and choose who gets investigated and who doesn't? Well, uh, it, it, it's pretty clear that what they did was every time uh, that there was a threat to the, uh, you know, to their power, mm-hmm. then they would, you know, either either the prime minister or the justice minister would somehow find themselves under investigation. I'm not suggesting that, you know, there's some kind of a vast conspiracy here that, uh, you know, makes that happen. But, um, uh, but there is. Let, 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 well, <laughs> why, you know, I, I don't want to get sued here. Remember, I'm, you know, I'm the most hate, I'm the most hated person in the country. I don't want to find myself. You won't on, get sued. You I just, don't wanna, you'll just get, you, well, know, you know, someone will, as they say in Hebrew, someone will sue you a case. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, litvolti. Yeah. So, uh, I, in any event, let's just say that it's. it's are, are you scared? It's. I'm only slightly. I. 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 I don't want to. I don't want to take any unreasonable risks. I don't want to say anything that would leave me too vulnerable to you know, some counterattack. I'm not talking about. But I'm talking um, about them. Like just you know because what they do, they dig in your past. Not right. that you have anything to hide, but they dig. They dig. They check. They you know dig. everything. All all yeah. your tax reports. All your. Right. They could do that. Your, yeah. Uh, they could do that. I'm. I'm. I am. Uh, really a pretty big chnun. I mean, the only, you know, nerd, right? The, the only guy who's a bigger chnun than me is Yariv Levine, you know? So, I mean, <laughs> if they can find, if they can find something on Yariv Kudos Levine, you know, uh, yes. really, really, come on, guys, it's just not possible. Okay, give it up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but, he but... He didn't go party in the dungeon club. I don't know. think so. I don't no, think no. so. So, I don't, I think it's, <laughs> I don't, I think it's going to be hard for them to find anything on him. I hope they don't come after me. I really do. But, but I don't think they'll find anything on but me they are, either. They are, but they are trying. They are trying to... I would to, assume so. So, for example, first of all, of course, they have Derry in their hand. Right. Uh, there is zero think, reason for them to let him stay a minister. No, I, I think what they're going to try to do is to flip Derry, okay? What they, if, if, if they rule now that Derry can't be a minister on mm-hmm. grounds that it's unreasonable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that would be pretty amazing, okay? I think that that would not... I th- what I think is more likely from their point of view is to find some way to keep Derry in their hands, right? You know, like to say, well... You know, we're going we're gonna to let him temporarily be minister, and we're going to see, you know, how things go. You know, some, they'll find some way to drag this along so that Derry gets the hint that if he's a good boy and he decides that maybe this reform is a little premature or, you know, but whatever. Wouldn't that be too obvious, right? Uh, you would have thought that indicting, like, three justice ministers and four prime ministers would be obvious, right? Yeah. Didn't, that, you know. Apparently, it wasn't too obvious for them to do it. Okay, so, so you're not optimistic that? Uh, how optimistic are you? What um, are the chances here? Um, I, I, you know, I, I, somebody asked me that question today, and I, I think that the odds of getting 100% of the reform are pretty close to zero. Uh, the odds of getting zero percent of the reform are also close to zero. I think, I think we're going to end up getting getting part of it. That's the way I see it. No more than 50%. Probably closer to twenty or thirty percent. That's so I don't. Yeah. That's a reasonable estimate. I don't know which of these to say first. So I'll just say them both. Committee of two and Amir Ohana. Okay. Go. Okay. <laughs> so the committee of two. We basically, when you know, when when there were candidates for uh, 
if, to be judges, right? Even not Supreme Court justices, but lower court justices. They would have like these courses, they'd have them come in and, you know, and they, and they actually had like two friends of the judges on the Supreme Court who would like kind of, you know, look around and decide which of these people looked like they were part of the family, right? And they would report back, you know, and, and, and give the Supreme Court justices like info on who they thought like, you know, fit in. Right. So that so that but they, they didn't exist. None of this existed. This was all, you know, just very, very clandestine operation. But but, um, but is there actual evidence to this? The oh, existence yeah. Oh, of, very much. Very much uh, so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they admitted that it existed. It wasn't they didn't deny it. But but here's the Amir Okhana story. OK, Here, this, this is a, this is a fantastic example of where a bunch of different things come together. Right. Both this reasonableness thing and the attorney general getting to be the boss thing, right? So you put those two together, and now the attorney general could just say, that's not reasonable, right? So um, people ordinarily, when, when they, you, know, you tell them that, that the judges say that some things are unreasonable, the image that comes to their head is something like Caligula appointing his horse to be a consul, right? You know, well, you know, like really outrageous stuff, right? In the States, the, you know, the standard, you know, would be arbitrary and capricious. It's, in other words, it's something that no reasonable person would think makes any sense, okay? So now let's see what, ha you know, what happens when, when this idea that you can decide what's reasonable gets to your head completely. So, Shiny uh, Tsan, who's a story in himself, and we, we, could, we could do, you know, a whole, a whole interview just about Shiny Tsan if I wasn't scared to death of the guy. Um, he's a scary dude. Uh, he is. Um, but he, his term was over. Okay. Amir Khan is the justice minister and he's supposed to... Um, and Chani Tsan is, is one... He's the chief prosecutor. Which is one Basically, lower than the... Than the attorney general. Yes. yes. He's the second strongest he's man the in second, the system. He's the second strongest guy in the but system. But really the strongest guy because he... Because he can prosecute you and... No, he, he can prosecute his boss. And, and he could prosecute his boss who happened to be named Abichai Mandelblit. And he, had, yeah. and he had a file on him. Okay. So as background, as background... Avichai Mandelblit, and when, when there was a dump of all the... It's a very uh, dark rabbit hole we're going, okay. This is a very yeah. dark rabbit yes. hole, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to get to the darkest parts. Okay, but okay. let's just say that, that uh, they, they took the phone from uh, uh, a, 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 some, somebody's, somebody's phone of a, a guy who was high up in the Bar Association, right? His, 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 his conversations were taken by the, po by the police and by other forces, and... Many of them were leaked, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, one of them was with the Attorney General, Avichai Mandelblit, who can be heard saying um, that, the chief being that the chief prosecutor, right, has me by the throat, right? Mm -hmm. said, Marziko Tibagaon, mm -hmm. right? He has me by the throat. Uh, okay, he has him by the throat. The story is, of course, that he was, uh, Mandelblit was involved with a story with a forged document, uh, the, the Harpaz, in the, the, in the army, the Harpaz affair. And, and that is a black mark on his record, which he overcame. But somehow, Shainitsan is still holding this over him, right? And he says it. He says it straight out. He says, Shainitsan's got me by the throat. Okay, put that aside. Shainitsan's term is over, and they're going to, put somebody else in, right, as the chief prosecutor. Now, the attorney general has a very, very strong interest in who the chief prosecutor is going to be for reasons that are both personal and institutional, right? This guy is going to be the second most powerful guy in, you know, or maybe the most powerful guy in the whole justice ministry, and, and he's the king, right? Mandelblit is the king. This guy who comes in has got to be his friend for institutional and personal reasons. Okay. Now, um, first thing that happens is uh, it's a transition government. Um, Ohana would like to appoint a permanent replacement. Mm -hmm. um, and Mandelblit says to him, you can't, you can't appoint a, person, uh, you know, a, a permanent replacement because it's a transition government. Now, in this particular case, uh, Mandelblit really has him because the, you need to have a, a, a search committee to find the candidate. The head of the search committee is the attorney general, right? So, so Mandelblitz, you know, is holding the cards here, right? Because he's the head of the committee. And he says, basically, you know, uh, I'm not going to let you do this, right? 
so he uh, um, Ohana says, all right, let's 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 put a make a temporary appointment. A temporary appointment is obviously reasonable during a transition government. You got to have somebody in the job, right? And for ninety days, it turns out when the ninety days were up, we were still in the middle of the transition government because um, if you recall, they just couldn't put a coalition together, right? So so. Uh, he says, uh, all right, I want to appoint somebody for the temporary position. Now, here's the key thing. The temporary position, unlike the permanent position, there's no vadati tu, there's no search committee. Mandelblit has absolutely nothing to say about this. The only person who has anything to say is, is the head of uh, the, the um, uh, public service, right? You know, the, the, the Nitziv. He's not important in the whole story. And uh, Ohana says, all right, these are some of the people I would like to appoint. He's got a list of people. And um, Mandelblit says to him, no, 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 no. <laughs> he says, he says, there's the, 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 the scope of reasonableness, right? What Barak called them, mitchama svirut, right? There's the scope of reasonableness. Anything outside the scope is unreasonable and you can't do it, right? Anyone. Right. So listen to this. So so you think Caligula's horse is outside the scope. And right. You know, when people who are like senior people and, you know, who are already in the prosecution apparatus would be, you know, not Caligula's horse. Right. Mm -hmm. No, no. Mandelblit says there's only one person. OK. Right. His, his, his name is Momi Lemberger. Right. Momi Lemberger is in the mitcham hasvirut, right? He's within the scope of reasonableness. Anybody whose name is not <laughs> Momi and not Lemberger, right, cannot be, cannot, is not, just not a reasonable candidate to be yeah. the chief prosecutor, right? Can you imagine such a thing? This is like insane. Because this guy was his apprentice, basically. He's well, he one of his. Uh, any anyway, yeah. clearly they knew each other, they, yeah. right? They they had it met. It was Mendelblitz horse. They had they had yeah, met. Yeah, okay, yeah. so right. So what does Ochana do? So what does Ochana do? Ochana, he's had it. He says, "I'm not appointing, you know, Momi Lemberger. I'm appointing uh, some somebody else." Okay. Right. Orly Ben-Ari Ginsburg. He's appointing her. She's a senior person in the prosecution. It's not like somebody he you know, found at McDonald's, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, she's like a very senior person. Yeah. And he appoints her. And uh, as soon as he appoints her, right, like the next day she's about to, you know. It was a shit show. She is, she literally, she's going up like for this etekis, right? have a ceremony where, where she is, you know, now being put in as the chief prosecutor for 90 days, by the way, you know, so it yeah. wasn't that big a etekis. They probably, you know, didn't have like a, a, a huge cake or something, right? And, and as she's going up there, uh, there's an emergency appeal to the Supreme Court judge, right? Who's the, the Shofet Toran, right? It's just like, there's, there's one judge each week who's like in charge of getting the emergency cases, right? And, and there's an emergency petition to many Mazuz uh, who hates Ohana, right? He's been, he has been trying to screw over Ohana in every possible way, right? And, and, and it comes to him and they say he appointed, he says, no, can't do it, can't do it. I'm, I'm issuing I'm issuing an injunction against this appointment, right? Now, okay, on what grounds? Like on what grounds, right? He's got the authority. She's a perfectly... Injunction can't be... No can do, right? And they just... They just unreasonable. They, unreasonable. They just they just killed it right there. So yeah. so in the next time... They're good. You know, so she didn't become. Good. She didn't become, no. Nope. So she never did? became. Oh, you want to know how the story ends? <laughs> Crazy thing. So so <laughs> Ohana makes another temporary appointment, a guy named Don Eldad, also yes. another senior guy. And he's in... And, they, and so they let, him, they let him sit there for 90 days. Nobody cooperates with him. Everybody kind of like treats him like a pariah. And the 90 days are over. We're still in a transition government, right? And Ohana says, okay, well, I guess we got to roll it over, right? So there's an immediate, you know, there's a, a, a immediate petition to the court, a bunch of, a bunch of no-name lawyers, you know, go to the court. Uh, they, have, they should not have any standing in this case, right? We haven't even talked about standing. Standing is, is like yeah. anybody gets to go to the court, right? Uh, it, you, you know, get to go to the court. You don't have to you suffer to damages. In normal countries, right, you can only go to the court if somebody did something to you. No, but here you go to the court and you say... I'm really pissed about what they did. Okay, yeah. it's got nothing to do with me at all. But you don't even have to show someone else. No, no, that, you don't even have to show someone else. You just show up, right? So and sometimes so, someone from within 
tells you to do it. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. There's, a, there's the famous Jinji, right? You know, the famous... I think, by the way, they keep saying, you know, that the right wants to kill all the Jinjis, right? That's one of the things they say yeah, while you need the court, heads. right? The, the, the redheads, right? Yeah, that's the, that's the argument. What They're, if the politicians, would, without the court... Yeah, they they would the, kill the redheads, right? Yeah, yeah. I always say, why do they always say... I think it's because they they don't really care about all the redheads, the court. They're, they just care that they'll kill Elad Shraga and he's not going to be <laughs> able to bring like all these crazy petitions to the court. Yeah. He's, he's, the, he's a, you know, serial petitioner. Leftist. He's a serial petitioner yeah. to the court. Yeah. So, he's the head of the organization that organized the protest, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, um, after 90 days when he wants to, when Ohana wants to roll it over, so they, uh, you know, there's this petition and, and of course, who gets to make the decision on the petition? Who, Who's the judge that gets to decide, you know, many Mazuz again, right? Many Mazuz is just, you know, him and Ohana are just like, right? And, and, and uh, many Mazuz, uh, you know, rules. Yeah, of course. You know, it's like he says, not only, not this is the great part. They had just said that, that he should kill the rollover of Donel Dodd, right? At which point, the obvious thing would be that Ohana would then just appoint a third person, right? No, but, but Mazuz just issues an order saying... Not only can you not roll over this appointment, you can't appoint anybody, okay? Just, you just can't appoint it. It would be unreasonable for you to appoint anybody, okay? <laughs> so now at this point, at this point, even Momi Lemberger is out of the game, right? <laughs> so, okay, we've got it down from one reasonable appointment to zero, right? And, and he, so then at, at this point, what does Mandelblit wow. do? Mandelblit appoints himself, right? He, he appoints himself for the next eight months the guy with the authorities of the chief prosecutor of Israel was the attorney general himself. That's amazing. That's yeah. co it's cool. Yeah. 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 If you cool. can pull that off. Now, now you want to understand why they don't want this reform? My God, if, they, you know, if there's an actual reform and this country runs like a normal country, they can't get away with that kind of crap. Yeah. And, uh, and one, of the, one of the big problems today is if a judge or the chief, if the chief prosecutor is corrupt there literally is no one who can do anything about it because he also decides they work with the police and they decide they get to say to the police the police recommends the police investigates you me okay and then they only they don't make the decision in israel they only give the file to the chief prosecutor and he decides whether to press charges or not so there's literally no one who can prosecute the prosecutor. I assume in such a case, the attorney general would have the authority, but there was the case of Ruth David. I mean, yes. this isn't so hypothetical. I mean, she wasn't yeah. the chief prosecutor, but she was very, very senior, and uh, she was caught she got with away all with kinds it. of corruption. She got away with it, yeah. yeah. Right. And, because and, she knew too much. Right. I don't, did, they, did they ever... Um, you know, put Manayak up on, you know, did it, uh, an English version of, uh, it's a, we just it's a had great the, TV series. Uh, Roy Dan, uh, oh, Roy Dan, ago, right. And we asked him about it, if yeah. there's English subtitles, and there isn't yet. No. Oh, yeah, so. It'll uh, be in Spanish. In Spanish, yeah. Okay, so, English. all right, well, you know, all, all you people who don't, who don't speak Hebrew, when it comes out in English, you should yeah. definitely be watching Manayak. Yeah. Both seasons. Yeah. One last thing before we get to the computers, uh, the main yeah. criticism against Kohelet is that you're being, I have to ask you about it just for the record, sure. is that you're being funded by yeah. evangelists. Really? I, I think. Somebody no? said that? No. Um, making a, like, but no, you're being funded by very, questionable, very, uh, questionable characters. right wingers in, the, in America and, yeah, uh, okay, so, I think tycoons. evangelists. Tycoons, yeah. right, okay, so the, the, the uh, objection is that our donors are right wingers and they're wealthy. Okay, so I just want to say that I would have loved to, you know, run Kohelet based on left-wing donations. Soros, and, maybe. And, and, right, or perfect, absolutely. If Soros comes to you and says, you take one million, you take it. Uh, only if there's no <laughs> strings attached, okay? okay? But, <laughs> but uh, we also would have been really very happy to get millions of dollars from poor people. But it turns out that poor people didn't want to give us millions of dollars, okay? So we ended up having to take money from people who are actually wealthy. because you wealthy. have to keep them poor. I, I, I'm aware that all, <laughs> that exactly, all, 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 all our, all it our, just you know, fits your scheme. Yeah, exactly. Really. Right. The state would give it all money. fits in. It's all part of the plan. So, so it turns out, I was unaware of this, but apparently all the other organizations, you know, uh, uh, you know, the ones on the left, the think tanks on the left, the policy shops, apparently 
they are getting money from not wealthy people. I was unaware of this, yeah, but, but yeah. yeah, go no, right? Turns out. They're grassroots. It's grassroots. It's a dollar yeah, here, yeah. a dollar there. Yeah. You know, pretty soon it adds up to like, you know, $25 <laughs> million. Dollars. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> So, okay, so, so let's, let's talk do a about a quick segue. Yeah. Can ChatGPT solve all our problems? ChatGPT should be scaring the crap out of you. Really? You think so? Oh, yeah. ChatGPT or, or GPT 4? Exactly. That's, yeah. We well, only know three. Now there's four. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I, well, we're, we're actually at 3.5 already, but. but you know, scaring the crap out of us as in robots are going to take over the world, or scaring the crap out of us as in it's going to take our jobs? Yeah. Uh, well,. You know, we'll just have to figure out different jobs for people. And, and the truth is that if, you know, at some point AI is able to do everything, it's able to actually create, you know, food and shelter for people and whatever, then maybe it's not that important for people to just be working. Maybe there'll just be some un universal basic income or something and everybody's going to have all the needs supply. That, that could be dystopic. I mean, you know, if you think about it, nobody's doing anything. I'd like to think that that means that they would all be sitting in the academy, you know, like studying philosophy and contemplating the brain. Yeah, but or, boredom. You know, or it could be they'd just be addicted to opioids, you know, like <laughs> yeah. and killing themselves. But, but, or uh, others. Yeah, or others, right. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, 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 ChatGPT is frightening because it is such a jump. I mean, you know, just a few years ago, this is my field, right? It, 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 you know, NLP, natural language processing and machine learning and, and putting the two together. And if, just a few years ago, like somebody could actually be writing their master's thesis on um, anaphora, you know, like it, it says yeah. she and the next sentence says, you know, or the sentence before says Bob uh, and Alice. And you need to know that the she is actually referring to Alice and not to Bob. Right. You know, and, and, and you'd come up with all kinds of theories. And, 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 and you look at ChatGPT and it's, it's, it has somehow solved like all of these like niggling NLP problems that people have written theses on and whatever, they just dumped, you know, like billions of words into the thing, you know, a gigantic, humongous neural network bigger than anything that you could imagine. And it just eats it alive and starts spitting out pearls, right? I mean, it's just <laughs> unbelievable. It's right? amazing. <laughs> it's really amazing. And what's what's going to be, I think, incredible is to see that they say that, that GPT-4 is supposed to have like something like 5,000 times the amount of parameters. Right. So like something like uh, like 100 trillion or right. something like that. So what, what we've seen insane. so far, I mean, what we've seen so far is that as you scale the number of parameters linearly, the thing just keeps getting better. I don't know if you could project that out forever, you know, that it's yeah. just going to keep getting really like qualitatively better as you, you know, keep getting more and more parameters. I have no idea. Someone was, I did see a post of someone who was able to uh, like basically detect if it was, if the likelihood of it being a GPT, uh, chat GPT output was right. high or low based on the complexity of the syntax of the sentences. So, so yeah. people- In your case, it, <laughs> it wouldn't tell the difference. <laughs> no, no, but 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 I, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you a beautiful thing somebody Either did. Chat GPT or Aton. <laughs> right. All right. So listen, listen, listen to this. this. You know, just to give you an idea of how easily you can improve this thing, right? So yeah, somebody did put together basically an, another neural net that is able to distinguish um, GPT's output from human output, right? So yeah, it's not shocking that you could do that. I mean, if you look at GPT, it has a certain feel to it, right? And, and it, it's about, about like 99% accurate, right? So the thing really works, right? So, uh, and, and you can actually, you know, play with it and, and stick in, right, text and say, just tell me what this is. And it gives you a probability. It'll say this is, you know, probably, right? And, and you can see how often it's right. Mm -hmm. Now, if you... If you do a GPT, right, you put in a query of whatever, and it gives you back some output. It looks like GPT output. And you say, uh, oh, thanks, ChatGPT. Could you please rephrase what you just said, but make it sound less like ChatGPT and more human, right? It comes back, you know, three seconds later, gives you this beautiful output that's pretty much the same thing, except sounds better. And you put that into the neural network that distinguishes, and it kind of doesn't know the answer anymore. Ah. That's crazy. <laughs> That's insane. So right, right. So you just you basically say, could you improve yourself, please? <laughs> yeah, can you do that a little better? The bigger story, <laughs> yeah. I think, even the bigger story than ChatGPT that people don't really talk about is that Microsoft, uh, I think, uh, have bought or have paid them to collaborate and integrate. Yes. 
And there's always I I always used to get into arguments with with socialists who claim to be capitalists, but they are socialists, <laughs> like Guy Rolnik and those people right. who claim that Google is a monopoly. Right. And you always say, but uh, yeah, but there is competition to Google, and there's no nobody will ever be able to compete with <laughs> right. Google. But now. Right. Google is threatened by this. That's absolutely. And absolutely. It's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it turns out that um, a, a lot of these monopolies, you just give enough time. I mean, IBM, they, you know, people once thought it was a monopoly and go, no, right? Um, Netscape. It's Netscape, yeah, Netscape. <laughs> oh, <no. right>? MySpace. <laughs> MySpace. Remember MySpace? MySpace, it's a monopoly. Ah, yeah. they're, they're literally, there literally were people in Congress going, we got to do something about MySpace. MySpace is <laughs> a problem. It's a monopoly. It really happened. So, so, so come on, guys, you jump in a little too fast. Give it some yeah, time. Yeah, you know, if, yeah. if, if Bing really met you, by the way, I mean, Google is obviously building these large language models, too. I've been using Bing for years. And, no, I'm Have just you? kidding. Yeah. It's a lie. I don't know anybody actually uses <laughs> no, Bing. No, but, no. But, but if they actually incorporate, you know, the GPT technology into Bing in a better way than Google does, I mean, Google's got its own gig going for, for large language model, then yeah, it's a huge win for Bing. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so let's Last talk question. a little bit about about yeah, your not, not really uh, a lot of time yeah we got some time we got like 10 minutes not really no okay so let's talk a little bit about what you're doing in the space of ai and how right. chat gpt is actually relevant to you okay so uh i actually have two think tanks going um one of them is Kohelet, which we've been talking about that's that's the forces of darkness the uh, the, the other one i think uh, you know uh, is called dicta I, I think it's less dark and the idea is uh, we're trying to take any classical Jewish text, even Hebrew text, right, and, and kind of spruce it up, right? So we're going to have a collection of any book that you want that's in, you know, uh, a, a classical Jewish text or a modern Hebrew text. We'll be able to put in vocalization. We have that already now. You can go to the website, dicta.org.il, and, and you can just put any text in there, and it will put in the nikud, the vocalization, right, mm. the vowels. Right, as you type, you type, you're typing in Hebrew, and and you just watch wow. the, you watch the, right? It's really hard because there's a lot of ambiguity there, right? Yes. Every word has a lot of different ways you can vocalize it. It's got a very nice interface. It's fun to use, and uh, but you'll be able to take any text, put in the vowels, put in punctuation, right? A lot of old Jewish texts don't have punctuation. It'll put it in. This is all AI. There's a lot of abbreviations, right? Acronyms or whatever that need to be opened up. Those are also ambiguous, right? Uh, and it'll help a lot of it'll bar figure that out. Boys. A lot of bar mitzvah boys, exactly. <laughs> it, it'll footnote the book and girls, bot mitzvah girls, not yeah. bars. He said yeah, bars, yeah, he's yeah. all yeah. dark. Anyway, uh, uh, that's it canceled, can, right? <laughs> but 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 it'll footnote a book for you, right? You wrote a book and and there's a bunch of sources in there, it'll just footnote it. It'll say, Oh, you know, with that sort, that's that's from here, that's from there, that's from there. I'll give you the links wow. and you'll just go there automatically. So, and it cleans up this is OCR. biblical sources, no, no, not biblical, rabbinical, rabbinical, anything from the time of the Bible until the present day. And we could do this for modern texts and for old rabbinic texts. For modern texts, you know, there mostly is punctuation and people don't usually put in abbreviations that are ambiguous. And, you know, they, they usually don't cite lots of sources unless they actually tell you, I'm, you know, here's a quote from somebody. But, but old rabbinic books don't do that for you. You know, they really yeah. don't take, they don't take any pity on you, right? So we're just going to clean all this up uh, but totally it automatically. It would be an amazing application of, of, of chat GPT or some AI to be able to like back up any claim you made with sources right you know what i mean right be, who somebody's working on that now you know yeah really? yeah yeah, yeah. there's a guy named richard Socher, and you know he's got a thing called u.u.com i think it's what what it does is you know you put in a query and uh it it gives it to chat gpt and then it extracts that information and puts it into google the problem with chat gpt is that it's, it's outdated it's a few you know they trained it a few years ago so it's so the data is, but, but you could take all that good information it gives you and then, you know, start finding it in Wikipedia and fleshing it out with Wikipedia or other articles like that. And then, and then you can actually source it, right? Because you oh, say, oh, well, I, got, I found that sentence basically, you know, wow. or something equivalent. Right. So uh, that's a parlor trick, right? I mean, they're just taking ChatGPT, taking Google, mashing it together. It's just yeah. a, ma it's a mashup. Wow. So if people want to donate to the cause... How can they do that? Oh, I'm, not gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do a shameless, uh, shameless appeal over here. Not appeal, but if someone but, wants but, to support, but, go ahead. But if if somebody wants, I don't, I you know, no, like a poor person, 
right, like, right. Poor, poor people want to give us money. <laughs> right, right. Listen, poor people, we love you and we want to help you. We don't want to take your money away. We want to take money from wealthy people, okay? <laughs> but anybody who has interesting ideas or is willing to volunteer their time, their knowledge, their expertise, you know, contact me. I would love to hear from you. I mean, I've got a lot of my own experts, but we can't do everything. And so if there's something that you know how to do better, better than we do, please let me know. I don't think we, we, we haven't, you know, we don't have a monopoly on all the knowledge and expertise in the world. So uh, if, if you agree with me and everything that Kohelet's doing, I'd love to hear from you. And but how do you, how do you guys actually, like you, you, you seek out philanthropists, meaning you don't have like a page where people donate or like crowdfund or anything. I think, that's maybe, not, I that's think not, I, we don't do that kind of thing yeah, now. I think it might, there might be some, significant. there might be somewhere on the page where it says donate, but that's not, a, it's not a thing. And okay. what's your website? The website is kohelet.org.il. Amazing. Anything Amazing. else we need to plug before we go? Check out uh, Professor Coppel on Twitter. <laughs> read all yeah. of his tweets. All I, of them. I am a non-Twitter guy, so don't, <laughs> don't look at my tweets. There. But, but if anybody would like to say something nice about me or about Kohelet on Twitter or any other social media, please feel free because we're feeling a little unloved lately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys, um, hashtag we love Kohelet. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Just attach it. it to your post. I think it's safe to say that here in this table, we really do appreciate your work. Like we really, we, look, in the end of the day, Israel is a, even the right is left in Israel. There isn't real right wing, um, economic right wing, like policy or, or politics here in Israel. And I think that anyone who's, doing something to put this conversation out there and put those ideas out there is it's a it's a mitzvah well thank you I, in I, my opinion i appreciate your vote of confidence guys so yes and hopefully we'll get more than 20 percent from the reform hopefully. let's try for more <laughs> um inshallah <laughs> thank you so much professor thank you, thank you guys for thank coming you. this was good great. luck thank great. you guys for tuning in bye guys bye -bye. see you next time